Hello everyone, and welcome back to Dafa Shavu as we study Mesecha Shivamos Daf Yud Dalit. I didn't have a chance last week to get into any detail on an important topic, Ain't Yisr Chalal Yisr, we'll have to save that. And the Gemara on Yud Gimel Amid Beis, continuing on Daf Yud Dalit, the Machlokas between the school of Shammai and the school of Hillel, on whether the Tsaras of an Ereva is considered to be an Ereva. And this has extreme ramifications, not just as far as the question of Yibum and Chalitza, especially Chalitza, but how could you allow these two families to intermarry with each other? The Gemara goes out of its way as we continue on Dafyu Dalit to state that each position is a valid position, apparently. Beis Shammai kept their position. Beis Hillel kept their position. And the two are able to marry into each other. Now, it sounds like a tremendous, beautiful relationship. We often use this to show that even people that have machlokas have to get along, could eat at each other's homes. But usually it's not presented within the context of our Gemara, dealing with the topic of Arayas and the ramifications of it. So it's clear the Rishonim point out that it doesn't mean that the families of Shammai and Hillel would marry into each other with any type of lack of caveat, which means there was a caveat, there was a qualification. They had to have clarity. What's really being shown is that there was trustworthiness. That's the Chiddush of the whole Gemara. Before we get to the topic of Lotus Goridu, which is this going to lead us to, it's the fact that there was trustworthiness between the two. So if there was a situation where a certain young man and a certain young woman, because they had different shitas, would not be able to marry each other, both sides were totally transparent, the term that's used today about it, and there was no resentment. Or even if there was resentment, there was an acceptance that this is how they perceived the right approach to be lahalacha. This plays out in a number of fascinating halacha lamasa situations. I'm just going to mention them now without going through all the sources because I want to spend enough time today on Lotus Gorda. But the Ramad discusses a situation where a person is makbid is strict, not just during the Aseris you made tshuva, but the entire year, not to eat pas akum. Is he or she allowed to go to a home where pas akum is served without getting through the whole sugi of pas akum? And the answer is yes. It doesn't mean that the host is allowed to serve pas akum to the guests. It's just that the guest, having communicated to the host, that he's makbed on pasakum, now a trust is developed and only non-pasakum will be served at least to him. I wanted to share one thing with you. Again, I mentioned I'm not going to go through all the sources on this issue of how the fact that the families of Shammai and Hillel trusted each other, even though they followed different halachas. There's a fascinating simon in the Shulchan Aruch it's halacha lamasa, even though the title of the simon in Shulchan Aruch Yerdea 
Simon Kofiyu Tess is Hilchos Machole Ovde Kochavim. We've studied before how these halachas still have application today, whether it's Bishalakum, Pasakum, and other uh, ramifications as well. But what's being discussed in the Shulchan Aruch is this issue of trust. Who is considered to be trustworthy? Who's not trustworthy? And as we pointed out, if you trust the person and they're kashrus, then even if you have a different standard or you have a certain chumrah, then you could trust what they're going to feed you. And when this is brought down in the Ramah, the Ramah, at least in the parentheses that we have in the Ramah, says, Hagos Mordechai Perekama Diavamas, that if you open up, and we have this, a copy of the great Mordechai, the great German Rishon, 13th century Rav and Posek, this halacha is based on what we find in our Gemara. Now, our Gemara is not discussing kashras of food. It's discussing uh, status, marital status, much more serious issue, yet the halacha finds its way. It's fascinating, again, always to see how halacha lamasa is uh, brought down. And there are other cases as well. In the parentheses in the Ramah, you also see a quote from the Binyamin Zev with a slightly different case. Binyamin Zev ben Matis Yo, which is one of the great Rishonim in the beginning of the 16th century in Greece. And in his Shailos of Shuvos, Shin Yud Beis, also using this Gemara for a slightly different Halacha Gishu. To introduce our next topic, which I've mentioned earlier in this year and last week, Lotus Godetu, I want to pose to you a question that was actually asked to me this morning. Incredible timing. In fact, uh, just last night, I was talking to Rabbi Israeli, who's on our staff, great rabbi, and I told him one of the things that's keeping me going through somewhat of a challenging period now, beyond the illness, the logistics, just everything we're trying to deal with at the shul, with the Yom Narayim, Baruch Hashem, that we'll have Yom Narayim at the shul, is thank God for Mesechah Yivamis. It's really uh, been keeping my head straight, and I wouldn't say a diversion or distraction, but the Torah, Lulei Tarash And I received a question this morning from someone, which really was, I gave, ended up giving him a shear and maybe not an answer to his question. The question was, he's going to buy tefillin for his son. I don't think he listens to a shear, but I know some good friends of his who are listening, and his son's bar mitzvah, Bezras Hashem, will be Pashas Vayigash Torah. And he davens Nusach Ashkenaz. His father davened Nusach Ashkenaz because he was the president of a shul, young Israel. But his father grew up davening Nusach Svart. And when it comes to putting on the tefillin, should the tefillin be wrapped, the knot, he had some other questions as well, in a Nusach Svart way. Those of you that wear tefillin Nusach Svart, know how you put on tefillin, the Sukhashkinas puts it on differently. There could even be some differences in the tefillin themselves, not in the words, but how it's written, but that's somewhat of a separate discussion. And then we got into a discussion, should he actually be davening Nusukhashkinas? Because his father, although when he became a president of a shul, started davening the Nusukh there in his childhood, he was more of a Hasidish background and Davin Nusuch Svar. Why do I raise this in the context of our Daf? 
Because Rish Lakish says to Rabbi Yochanan, Ikre Khan Lotus go to do. It says in Parsha's Re'eh, yesterday's Parsha, Lotus go to do. The beginning of the Pasuk is Banamatem Lashem Lokechem, Lotus go to do, Velotosimu Karcha Beninechem Lames. What sounds like on the surface, just talking about a ritual associated with Havodazara, somehow ties in our sugya into Lotus Gorudu. You shouldn't have different minhagim in the same community. We'll come back to that. Now, that's not the question that person was asking me, but it brought me to two phenomenal chuvos of Moshe Feinstein. These chuvos are back to back in the Igris Moshe. Chelek Bey's Simon Chafdalid, and going backwards, Simon Bey's Chelek Bey's Simon Chafgimel, both in Arachayim. And Ramosha was asked a similar question. The real question that he was asked, and you'll see how this gets to Lotus Godadu, was about someone who grew up davening Nusuch Svard, is now davening Nusuch Ashkenaz. And the father never told the child that the real Nusach of the family was Nusach Svart. It wasn't just a question of where he was davening, but he wanted the son to be comfortable. Most yeshivas, at least in Chutzlars, they daven Nusach Ashkenaz. And Ramosha ends up going through a fascinating history of what is called today Nusach Svart. He argues that today Nusach Svart is not the Nusach Svart of what he says, the Rambam's Nusach Svart, it's a Hasidic approach, which he thinks is somewhat of Nachas Shalom that it's wrong, but it's not the authentic original Nusuch Svard. Nusuch Ashkenaz is authentic. If you daven Nusuch Svard and you continue daven Nusuch Svard, you should stay there, but you shouldn't move over to Nusuch Svard if you've already moved to Nusuch Ashkenaz. This happens to be a question that's very dear to my heart. I grew up davening Nusuch Svard. I went away to Yeshiva, Davin Nusachashkenaz, came to Yeshiva University, Nusachashkenaz. I went to one of my Rebbeim, I wouldn't say my main Rebbe, but a, a very important uh, Rebbe, Posek, and he said, Don't switch. I never told my father. When it comes to Tfilin, the family continues putting on the Tfilin Nusach Svart, which is probably has its roots much earlier, maybe even in the Rishonim. It doesn't necessarily go together with the Nusach that you daven. It's really minhok svart as opposed to nusuch svart. But in this context, Reb Moshe, in the tshuva, Chav Gimel, discusses what happens in the same shul. You have people davening nusuch svart and nusuch ashkenaz. What happens if I walk into a shul that's davening nusuch ashkenaz? How do I respond? Kedusha. If I daven nusuch svart, I would say... Nakdishach, they say Nikadesh. How do we deal with other public aspects? And Reb Moshe says that in the ideal, a person really should dive in the same in his Shtilashmona Esrei, as well as in the out loud Chazar Sashats. He actually quotes something from the Mesh of Dover of the Nitziv, which is a little bit different. And he says that when you're davening in a shul, you should follow their minhag, both birabim as well as biyachidus. But at the end of the day, what Ramosha says, la halacha, if you put together these two tshuvas, is there's room. 
if you're Nusuch Svart or Nusuch Ashkenaz, anything that's between you and yourself that's not going to be public, you daven your Nusuch. There's definitely what to rely on. There is another opinion as well. But when it comes to anything that is said, Bikol Ram, we are concerned about Machlokas. Isr Hashini, Isr Hashino Bibnea Machlokas. It would be the concern if you're doing something publicly, which is the language really that he finds based on a Rambam. You see, the Rambam in Hilchus Avodah Zarah, in explaining our sugya, tells us that what is the real problem of Lotus Go to do? Taking it away, as our Gemara does, from the simple shot that it's talking about ripping up one's head, cutting the skin. Today we know it's a terrible thing that Rahman Aslan people do where they cut themselves. But as our Gemara explains, agudos, agudos. We shouldn't make divisions, at least in the same area, in the same room, in the same shul, in the same community, if there's a minhag of the kahila. And the Rambam, amazingly in Hilchas Avodah Zarah, where he's discussing the pshat of it, which is the Hilchas Avodah Zarah, that you can't copy the rituals, the death rituals of the non-Jews, then in Hilchas Avodah Zarah, Perak Yud Beis, Halacha Yud Dalet, within this warning is, Shaliyu Shnei Batei Dinim Be'ir Achazeh Nohei Kaminagzeh, Vizeh Nohei Kaminagacher. That we shouldn't have this division within the same community within the same shul, at least what's obvious as Ramosha understands it to the public, this will lead to major fights. Now the obvious question is, so how could you have in the same shul people putting on film and people not putting on film? This is discussed in the postgame. And Ramosha himself explains how there's no... Minog America, as you have today, maybe still in the Eki community, in the German community, if you go into a Hasidish place, if no one's wearing tefillin, or they are wearing tefillin, for you not to would be a violation of Lotus Gordadu. But Ramosha says that when it comes to the out loud, fascinating, when it comes to tefillah, this issue is still relevant. What I wanted to point out is that this is only one understanding of Lotus Godadu, what the concern is. And there will be nafgaminas between the two, which we probably won't get into. Rashi, on our Gemara, this is from last week's daf, but it continues in our daf, on Lotasu Agudos Agudos, says, toros. It's not so much the concern that there's fighting going on between the people. That is only going to be something that is public. But Rashi says the concern is not the machlokas, the concern is the education, that it gives the appearance that we have two Torahs. If you have in the same room different people practicing different ways, there's a theological, educational problem of appearing like the two Torahs. Now this gets us back to, of course, the Gemara Masechus Megillah, which is in our Gemara. I discussed this way back, uh, a Ramban, not a Ramban a Chumash, but the first Ramban of Masechus Megillah, Daf Beis, go back to the videotape when we discussed this, when we were learning Megillah, that the actual holiday that's supposed to unite us, we end up having division. So the Gemara here deals with that as well and explains if you're dealing with but different but they did them different communities, the real issue of Lotus Godadu 
would be in the same, whether you say the same shul or the same kehillah. Now, I wanted to just explain another place where the Rambam uses this halacha, and we're going to back into a beautiful concept. You know, we're getting close, close to Chodesh Elo, so I think we could bring this home, Shuva Tfilo Tzedakah. The Rambam brings this down, this Pasuk of Lotus Godadu, not only in the context of death rituals, not only in the context of Machlokas, but in Hilchos Matnos Ani and Perik Yud Halachabes through Dawah, where it's, the Rambam there is discussing why you're supposed to have Rachmanis on an Ani, why you're supposed to take care of people that are in need, whatever level is possible based on the context of the situation. You would expect maybe the Rambam would bring a pasuk from this week's parsha about uh, not holding back from giving to the poor. Maybe v'yahatarecha kamocha. The Rambam uses the same pasuk of banimatem l'ashem alokechem, the lotus go to do pasuk. That's why you should be good to people. Now I heard Rav Matis Solomon explain this one time. The Mashkiach at Lakewood, I heard this with my own ears, that the basis of why Banamatema Shalmakechem is being used to encourage you and requiring you to help another person is what brings more pain to a parent is when parents see that their children aren't helping each other, when their children aren't getting along with each other. And our father in this context is our father in heaven, of Harachamon. And therefore, the Pasuk of Banatel is being used. What I wanted to suggest is this is true when it comes to Machlokas as well. There's nothing that could drive parents, right, could upset parents more than seeing their children involved in Machlokas. Not just that they're not helping each other, but that's a, more of a Sheva Altasa, which is bad in its own right, but that a parent could actually see children that grew up in the same home that are fighting. We're not talking about fighting during a game or fighting over dessert. We're talking about fighting that unfortunately sometimes goes to eternity from one generation to the next generation. And in fact, if you look at the Nitziv, the Hamikdover in Re'ei Perik Yudalad Pasuk Aleph, in yesterday's Parsha, I'm recording this year on a Sunday, the Parsha talks about this split, the Lotus Godadu, as explained in our Gemara, and as explained by the Nitziv, and he says more or less the same thing. It's the same concept that you don't want to see active fighting within a community because we are all supposed to be unified as the children of Hashem. It actually explains it as well as the Nitziv says in the context of death mourning, of death rituals, because there you see the split that sometimes takes place between children, right, after the death of one's parent. I'm expanding it a little bit from what the Nitziv says with my own understanding. So again, we started off today with Shammai and Hillel. Clearly there is room for different positions. What we also saw is an amazing Chiddush, at least what we would consider to be a Chiddush, is that even though there is a psak, Shammai's still allowed to take their position. Hillel's allowed to have their position, obviously. The two could mix, but at least as explained by Rashi, there has to be full disclosure, and there's trustworthiness between the two. Now, this raises many questions today. 
What would happen if there would be a machlokas today between poskim? How does this relate to the different rituals that are extant? Also, once a halacha is determined, are we allowed, at this stage of the development of the Masorah, allowed to go to a position of Shammai? Could someone say, I'm a descendant of Shammai, and I'm going to follow that position? But sometimes you need to know, even a minority opinion, if a kula will be necessary in pressing situations. So much that we covered. The issue of lotus godadu comes up in many different areas. Svira Saomer, how could you have in the same community different people following different minhagim? What's the difference between America, Europe? Why even within America, certain communities are very rigid to having one practice while others are more flexible? You should have a great week of learning.